0: Welcome aboard the battleship Retention. I am not Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is on assignment. I am David Bax, and joining me as guest co-host, a, uh, a battleship Retention uh, favorite, Terrence Johnson. A favorite, I love. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that. I yeah. think. I mean, you've been on this is three times. Yes, yeah, third time. I think that puts you into the uh, yeah the the regular slot. So, how are you doing,
1: Terrence? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, things considered, recovering from. Busy week and WonderCon, which I guess we're gonna get into.
0: Yeah, I, we are. I'm speaking of recovering. Like I, the week before, weekend before WonderCon, uh, the, for a few yeah. days before uh, in that weekend, my wife and I were in Mexico. Ooh. Then I came back, went to work for a few days, which were long days because I was catching up. Yeah. Then WonderCon, and then I'm back in work. Like I haven't, I haven't like had time to like go to the grocery store. I've just been sort of like scavenging <laughs> like since I got yeah. back from Mexico. Like I feel like I, I've been back from Mexico like. A week and a half, but I feel like I haven't actually gotten back into my life yet.
1: Yeah, how was Mexico?
0: Oh, it was, it was so great. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but um, I would definitely recommend going to the uh, city of Merida in the Yucatan. Uh, yeah,
1: I'd love to go.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, so let's let me read and uh, pay some bills real quick, and then we'll bring on our uh, guest for the episode. So this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only four ninety nine dollars a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Mubi has just kicked off its epic 16-film series of Werner Herzog, starting with his documentary My Best Fiend, right? Um, which he made about noted lunatic Klaus Kinski. Sorry, there's a typo in my, in my copy <laughs> yeah. here, uh, noted lunatic Klaus Kinski. That's noted lunatic Klaus Kinski. And there's also a special offer for listeners of battleship retention. You can try movie free for a month. Just go to movie.com. That's M U B I.com slash battleship to redeem now. And, um, I also want to add that when you, when you're watching your movies, if you have to watch, you know, watch them on the, on the laptop or, or tablet or phone or, or whatever, as you can do, you can download them, watch them online. Uh, you'll need some earbuds and I would recommend getting your earbuds from tweaked audio. That's, uh, they make uh, professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors and they look great and they sound great. And I literally use them every day of my life, uh, tweakedaudio.com they're available at a low low price but if you uh, put in the extra effort and use the offer code pretension at checkout you'll get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so that's tweakedaudio.com offer code pretension Terrence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you enjoy all my uh I, I, I don't the, I don't usually do both ads.
1: I love the, the pretension is is the word <laughs> that is the code word. I think that that's Well, I guess. think our guest has something to say. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So let me introduce him. Werner Herzog. I, I love the pretension code. <laughs> it's just when everything is so sad, I like to put on my headphones and movie number 1. That's right. Our guest is
0: Werner Herzog. No, of course not. From uh, from the Warner Archive, it's Matt Patterson. How are you? I, I'm
2: doing well. Um, I'm not known for my impressions, so I apologize, <laughs> but I kept hearing both of those together and I was imagining Werner being very excited about that code. That was a good...
1: Answer. I liked your Werner Herzog. Okay, well, yeah.
2: well, thank you. I, it's it's well done, but it, I, I mean, well done meaning it is done by others very well. Right, yes. Uh, but it's still I'm imagining him tuning out and being like, Oh, movie is so good sixteen movies, but I have the headphones on, everything's a discount, life is a discount, okay, sorry,
0: that's it that's it so this is your first time on the show, even though you and I have known each other for many years, yes, at this point,
2: yes, that is true, um in fact, don't we more know each other th- through WonderCon than really anything and, else? And,
0: well, and Comic-Con, because Comic-Con we, as well. we co-host a meetup. Yeah, by, that's right. By co-host, I mean, I organize it and you pay for it. <laughs> well,
2: I <laughs> I am here as Matt Batterson today and not as an employee of right. Warner Brothers. Right, But however, as part of my work duties, we have uh, collaborated to bring... Uh, fandom and restaurants together,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, and and uh, I have been able to bring some corporate assets to the table, and you have brought your organizational ability to the table, and that creates a wonderful partnership. And I hope we can do that again this year.
0: I hope so too. It's it's well, we're we're, to, we're here to talk about WonderCon. Yeah, yeah, but cons uh, but, are a con. But uh, I I've said before every year we we've, we've done the meetup
2: for. Something like six years, I think. Yeah, well, since 2012, I think. uh, 2012, so Um, four, four years. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe that's that's. But we've done like six of them because there's one usually at WonderCon, right? Yeah, and one. Um, okay. But usually, like
0: WonderCon being over is my signal. It's like okay, time to start calling the bars in San Diego, oh, yeah. <laughs> and organizing the meetup uh, for Comic Con.
2: WonderCon was a little early this year, though, which has confused my internal clock. It's almost like um, daylight savings time, <laughs> but like it's now con season is a month earlier, and right. so I'm like, oh wait, I I like TCM Festival, which is a favorite of mine as well yeah uh, i'll be the, attending for the first time this year are actually. you are you gonna are you gonna come
0: I, out Yeah, i, I got a press pass so i'll be uh...
2: i got a pass for the first time in years this year and uh i'm kind of excited because i've normally gone there to to work uh but i've seen some really really crazy stuff especially at midnights. the midnight screens okay. are where it's at um i saw phase four one year oh yeah starting I've at never midnight seen it, but i know uh, but when the ants were singing to me, I fell asleep <laughs> around phase two, but I woke up for phase four right at the end. And I was like, oh my God, where am I? What's going? It was, it was, uh, it was quite something to behold. Terrence, have you been to the TCM Classic Film Festival? Uh,
1: I have not. I have a good friend who's going there this year. Okay. Uh, so we'll probably try and meet up, but no, I haven't been
2: yet. You can go without a pass like you can just buy yeah. single tickets yeah, which makes it, it kind of fun like just to get like you know if you just want to get a taste of it. Yeah. And the people who are there and and this is coming back to what we're doing it is really like a mini Comic-Con for classic film classic fans. Film. Yeah. Uh the people who are there who are classic film fans are so excited to be there. Today I was trying to get some people to come and do cosplay for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be the best, right? Yeah. And they, I, I think that would be a great opportunity. Um, I was thinking that I could be Alan Jenkins from Shh, The Octopus, okay. um, which is a very obscure film. And, okay. and uh, he's a WB actor who is in a hell of a lot of movies, but in the background. Um, and he always looks like an old man, even when he's young. And so I would probably just wear a suit and like a bald wig. And then in Sh- The Octopus, uh, that is a film that takes place in a lighthouse and they're attacked by a, a, a giant octopus. I don't know if you guys have seen that no. film. No, I haven't, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, and it is really called Sh- The Octopus, which makes it much better to say on a podcast, especially when you can <laughs> pop a mic. Uh, so wait, if you're going to do cosplay at TCM, would, it, would
0: you want people to stick to... This sort of genre stuff like that? No. Well,
2: you're asking it, me because I would love if somebody came as like Buck Rogers, but 1977 Buck Rogers.
0: I, I was thinking maybe I might find a way to dress up as the drowning kid from Lever to Heaven. Oh,
2: <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the more obscure, the better. Because right. you would most likely find people who would know. Like Just like Comic-Con. If right. you're like, you know, the more obscure, the better. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But that would be fun. Uh, maybe I was just thinking I could go as Gene Harlow in a rain barrel. Okay. You, you wouldn't, you don't think I could pull that off, do you? I, no, I think you'd look great. <laughs> Thank I think you should give it a shot. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to give everybody a mental image.
0: Um, this will actually get us into WonderCon a little bit. Uh, so let's get into it, shall we? Uh, Terrence, you did dress up
1: a little bit I this did. year. I twice, yeah, I had two. Two different costumes? Two different costumes, yeah. So, so on, the, I only saw you the first day. On the first day, and I you were Finn. Finn, yes, from Star oh. Wars. Episode seven. Um, that's my, the force awakens. Yes. <laughs> For everyone keeping track.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought that was the Ewok special. <laughs> right.
1: yeah. yeah. Didn't they say there were no Ewoks in this trilogy at, at all? I guess, you know, at this point they might as well. Yeah. Um, so I was in the first day and then I was a Slytherin student mm. on oh. Saturday. So I had the rope and the tie, but I wore shorts because it was too hot. <laughs> downtown and I was like, <laughs> I can't fully commit to pants and like a scarf.
0: Um, did, did you have the Slytherin tie yeah, from uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Is that where you got that? Uh, or? No,
1: I got it with the robe. Oh, okay. But I have okay. been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I haven't. It
0: I is, have. It is the,
2: really cool.
0: You guys been to the, the, new, the new one yeah. here or oh, the yeah,
2: Orlando the one? Here. Okay. I got I got to go for a WB employee day. Awesome. That, it's really
1: awesome. Did you try the butterbeer?
2: I did try the butterbeer. Um it is magic but mm-hmm. it is re- it's really just come on you know it's soda yeah. i mean but with but, like added sugar <laughs> yeah with more sugar uh i, don't think I'd like I yeah <laughs> is it carbonated yeah yes. okay yeah um they do sell alcohol at universal yeah which i think is um an interesting proposition because <laughs> One of the rides, the smaller roller coaster dragon mm. ride. I don't remember the official names yeah, of the rides. Yeah. Uh, but that one was, did you go on it? Yeah, I went on both. The one in like, Castle and then. Okay, but the one. one, the outside yeah, one, the one was outside. the one where I felt like I had three beers when I came <laughs> off of it. So I was imagining mixing that with three beers and yeah. there, there would definitely be some magic going on. Yeah, I uh, could see that. Coming off of that. Like That just seems like a disaster. One day I'll, I'll tell you the story about how I was removed from Camp Snoopy at the Mall of America. <laughs> they had $1 jello shots at the Fat Tuesday, and I tried explaining to the security guard that that wasn't my fault, that they had such a good deal next to a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I have not been to either Wizarding World,
0: but I do have a Ravenclaw tie.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, bought
0: I see it. for me by my co-host, Tyler, who... Um, <laughs> He like texted me from Orlando. he was in was uh, mm-hmm. and he was like have you taken the pottermore like sorting thing what <laughs> yeah. house are you and i was like i have not done the pottermore sorting thing because i'm so convinced i would be a ravenclaw mm-hmm. that i would be yes. crushed if it sorted me anywhere else yeah. Uh, yeah so i'm i'm a ravenclaw and no one can tell me otherwise
2: i have uh, a whole hufflepuff outfit because <laughs> oh. i de- i decided <laughs> that i would be with the scholarship students at hufflepuff <laughs> cuz that's where like it's like you know like i always feel like those are the, the like if and i would want to see this movie it's like you see everybody playing quidditch right and they're all like yay yay and then like zoom down below the bleachers that's where I would be with the other Hufflepuffs, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. experimenting with mushrooms or whatever, not not drugs. It's magic. Yeah. And like I would have just been allowed barely in. as like the scholarship student. <laughs> and I'd just be like hanging out in the basement playing like video games. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, the, the Pottermore quiz is actually pretty interesting because when I took it, I was like, I feel like I'll be in Slytherin, but I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to choose, like, the <laughs> evil mm. answers to questions because mm-hmm. that's what everybody thinks Slytherins mm-hmm. are. And then I right. got to the end and they were like, no, you're Slytherin. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so at least I know it wasn't based on, like, <laughs> me being Voldemort 2.0.
2: <laughs> I cheated. How so? Which would get me, because I just, I just went, oh, uh, and then right. worked yeah. it backwards so that I would get Hufflepuff.
0: Right, but that sounds like that
2: makes you a Slytherin. Mm, yeah, cheating but, seems like a very Slytherin. I, I think,
0: it was
1: very <laughs> cunning of you to do that. But, yeah. but, so that that is a Slytherin quality.
2: But I think that Hufflepuff would have the most friends in Slytherin because they be, like everybody else would be like they're evil, and they're like they're not evil, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Question mark. Like who
2: else would be friends with them? And then, the, and then the Slytherin would, would like maybe would like take one or two of in, and then like they make fun of them, and stuff. yeah, they would yeah. kind of take yeah. advantage yeah. of that friendship. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see
0: that. All yeah. right. Well, we've gotten. Sorry. I think <laughs> we uh, de- gotten our nerd warm, uh, engines yeah. uh, running. Uh, you mentioned it being hot in downtown Los Angeles. So let's yes. before we get into um, um, the the fun of WonderCon uh, itself. How did we feel about Los Angeles Convention Center uh, for Wonder?
1: A lot of walking. I, I didn't particularly like WonderCon being up here, even though it was much closer yeah, it was. of a drive in terms of travel. It was very spread out, um, mm-hmm. so which I thought they could have avoided in, in many ways. Like, just moving. They had, like, the registration was on one side, and then, like, rooms were in the middle, and then the exhibit hall was sort of at the end, and they could have just pushed, like everything to one end or another instead of sp- having it spread out. Um, and then they always find a way to put a really big TV panel in a room that's too small to fit Well, it.
0: that's a big thing uh, to compare it to, to Comic-Con and even to WonderCon Anaheim. Yeah. Like, Comic-Con has Hall H, WonderCon AMI, Anaheim has the arena, and this has the Microsoft Theater. Yes. But both Comic-Con and Anaheim have a room that's another step down. Like there, there yep. you've got bottom yeah. 20 and an indigo ballroom mm-hmm. and Comic-Con and you've got the, uh, a couple of rooms that seat more I think 2000 or more in, um, in, at Anaheim. Yeah. And here you had basically a huge jump from the Microsoft theater, which is the huge thing, which was never full when yeah, I was in there, which to I like liked. a 1000
1: seat yeah.
0: room. Uh,
1: I liked how big the Microsoft Theater was because I never felt stressed after the first what time did, trying what to did get you in. did you go
0: see there? Well, I, well, we're not getting to that. Oh, well, yes. sorry,
2: sorry, sorry. Well, sorry.
1: I we're saw a, a couple of things <laughs> yeah. there. But I was like, oh, like this would be a nice place for like a Comic-Con if they had their own like Microsoft Theater because it was so big yeah. that you never had to worry about the yeah. seat.
0: Um but it is a problem that the Microsoft theater is run separately from the yep. convention center yep. and therefore there were sort of different rules Yeah. Yep and they made you walk It's not even that it's You know, on the other side of the street, like it's already a bit of a walk. But then you had to walk to get in all the way to the end of the uh, stanchions or whatever. Yeah. And when you exit, you have to go the other way, so you
2: have to walk all the way around to get back to the convention Uh, center. L. A. Didn't really know what to do with the nerds. (laughs) Like you could tell (laughs) that they had like rock events or like Mm -hmm. you know maybe a travel show or maybe even like the closest thing would be like E. Three or something. Yeah. But the security guard you know because i had to deal with backstage security and stuff they they just they they didn't they didn't know how the organization and this is the same organization that runs regular comic-con it just it didn't i mean it was the uh, year one but it just uh it didn't feel the same from uh my personal taste standpoint i don't like going to hall h because it's sort of big and I always feel that that kind of news I mean I've I've seen some wonderful Hall Age and and some wonderful like ballroom twenty type events, but I kinda like the thousand seat rooms because I'm exposed to like, I don't know, maybe stuff I wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. be exposed to. And so outside of my own panels, which I was on four of them in the thousand seat room. But besides that, (laughs) I I saw a bunch and I actually kinda like I like these LA thousand seat room panels better than the ones that I'd seen at yeah. uh, Anaheim hmm. but that yeah. was to me kind of the best thing about being in LA was I don't know I just had fun in those thousand okay. seat rooms uh, but everything else what I love most about Anaheim is that it's like it's like 50 minutes away from where I live so it's yeah. just like far enough that it's like out of town <laughs> and yeah. So I stay in a hotel, but the hotel's like $100 a night. You know, like, yeah. it's like, it costs me, but it doesn't cost, like, it's not It's not too much. Yeah. And then, like, and so, and then other people, like, stay. So, like, you know, like, David, we would have, like, a party at Wonder... But here it was just, like, 8 o'clock, all right, time to go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, so it yeah. was a commuter
0: convention. Which is kind of a bummer because... um you and I, Matt, were talking about this at WonderCon. how much—I've uh, lived in Los Angeles a little, like, about ten and a half years, and how much that area has changed. Mm-hmm. There's—even though it was a commuter con, as you're saying, people were going home, there's a ton to do, actually. There's so mm-hmm. many restaurants and, and bars. It's expensive. Uh, right? <laughs> it is expensive.
1: But, <laughs>
2: but, uh, but you, there, it, it diffuses, is a fun place to hang out. But, like, the convention diffuses into the Lakers game. Oh yeah. So Lakers game like, Friday, yeah. Kings game Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And then there, w- then there was even a Clippers game Saturday morning, like oh, it was was like there? eleven a.m. Yeah, because i the the cosplay kept changing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> look at all this purple and gold, yeah. <laughs> just like Hufflepuff. Well, let's uh,
0: let's get into the into the programming, and I guess we'll just go um, chronologically, um, and just start with with uh, Friday. I'll. I'll uh, this is not going to be of much interest because this is a movie podcast. But the first panel that I went to was a spotlight on Umberto Ramos, who is a uh, comic book artist um, who's currently uh, drawing extraordinary X Men, but drew uh, Amazing Spider Man for uh, a while before that in Superior Spider Man, uh, and I like I like that stuff. I do I do feel like. I have this. I, I don't want to keep comparing WonderCon to Comic Con, but it's hard. It's hard not to. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah, it, I have this is. dream that maybe I'll do this year at San Diego of doing just to prove that you can an all comic book comics only. And I you feel can. like you can do that at San Diego. I think that'd be a bit
2: tougher at WonderCon. I, I, it's funny you mention that because I think like ninety percent of the other panels I went to were comics. Really? Yeah comics panels, and I think that's kind of why I like them, because comics is not my... I mean, like, it's not my work. Right, <laughs> right? right. So yeah. I'm like, hey, comics, this is, like, fun. And then, you know, and I'm and I'm judging it, like, like <laughs> I'm like just every other nerd, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Because for WonderCon, right, like a, like just like even like DC, like a DC panel, it was like a big deal at WonderCon. I mean, it's still a big deal at Comic-Con. yeah. But it was it's like that rather that's like the A event rather than the movie panels. Like at you know at at ComicCon, it's like the big money media stuff is pushed to the top, hmm. uh, and in this, like you know what were the biggest. Movies that were being pushed at this. I, I mean, exactly. Teenage
1: Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Turtles. I
0: think, which we'll get and, to. Yeah, the Friday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did
2: you go? Did you go see that one? I'm just skipping ahead. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> did you yeah. see that? Okay. I mean, were, were you at that
0: panel? But that was I Saturday, was not, right? thought oh, no, no, that was Friday. Um, uh, I
2: forget what day it is.
0: And I, I also went to the. There's a thing that uh, they do every year now at WonderCon and Comic Con, which is the geek movies of whatever year, 30 years before. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, Which they started with 1982 because in 1982, there were a lot of big geek movies and now they've done it and so now, they're t- it's 1986 they're talking about and they're like, you know, like Nine and a Half Weeks isn't exactly like a uh, <laughs> WonderCon <laughs> type movie, but they're talking about it. They're talking about Top Gun it's become it's kind of a fun panel okay. uh, if you're if you're looking for serious movie discussion. Well, first off, a convention, a comic book convention, is not the place you want to go yeah. for that. But it is uh, hey, it's a fun time. It Depends
1: on the movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um,
0: let's see. Uh, what did you guys do on Friday?
1: On Friday, I saw a bunch of TV stuff. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, we'll save that. Yeah, for- we'll save that.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, TV stuff. I did a little bit of the exhibit hall. Me too. Yeah. And I was like to talk about the differences between sort of Anaheim and this one. This one felt like really really s- spread out. Yeah. And it maybe it's just because like a lot of the big heavy hitters weren't there, which surprised me because I thought that, you know, being in LA that like everybody, all of the major studios would try and do, you know, at least a mini version of a Comic-Con. Yeah. Comic-Con thing. Um but they did not. No, So it was a quick... <laughs> I still ended up buying like three things because I have no self-control. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much a lot of TV. Um, a lot of waiting in line. The, For which, the TV panels? Yeah, which Comic-Con I expected. WonderCon, I'm like, you know, the line will be manageable. It won't be too bad, but... Sorry. Uh, but like, yeah, a lot of waiting uh, of waiting.
0: Inline in TV. Uh, what did you What did you pick up on the exhibit floor? What'd you buy?
1: Uh, I bought a Daredevil Funko. Okay, and a Finn Funko since I was dressed as Finn. Oh, and I took a lot of pictures with people because everybody was dressed up as Star Wars and like everybody was like, "Oh, I want to can you take a picture with my kid?" Which I thought was really cool.
2: Uh, yeah i I, I think the cosplay at WonderCon wherever it is I really like it because yeah. it's sort of concentrated and they... I feel like the percentage of people who are dressed up is much higher yeah. than San Diego. I mean, San Diego probably has more people doing it, but just they're not... Like, I like when everybody's sort of packed and it's sort of like uh, a parade or something, you know, like yeah. and like and in this case, it was in that atrium area. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: that's really nice, too. Yeah, that, which that I lo- I, lo- I loved it. has an indoor... Because Anaheim also has the steps out front uh-huh. that's a good gathering place. Which that, I that, like. That, to have an indoor... But well lit, like natural light. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cosplayer, that's perfect for like not getting too hot in your costume. And yes. also it's good for pictures. <laughs> Everything about that was great.
2: Yeah. I went like, I, I called it like duck hunting because <laughs> I would just sort of like perch and I'd be like waiting for people to come. I'd be like, there's a picture. And there were lots of great costumes. It was mm-hmm. a lot of, I, I like that uh, where where whenever it is or whatever convention, but it's just WonderCon. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I don't feel like at Comic Con that I'm like maybe missing something really mm-hmm. big or you know like I can just like sit and relax and just look at people's dopey costumes and wonderful costumes like just all kinds
0: um what else did you did you go any hit any, uh, any any panels uh on
2: friday matt friday i went to uh the d c all access panel which was interesting uh i just kind of wanted to see how they threw that together because uh d c all access is it's an interesting concept that d c has been doing where it's like they're sort of DC lifestyle blog, and it's like, hey, I like comics, (laughs) I like TV, I like movies, and they're very enthusiastic, and I'm, uh, from a uh, work perspective, a a little jealous that they have, like, a whole whole, like like that for, like, movie-loving, like old movies, you know, because I think, like, I mean, we, we have a podcast, and we have newsletters and stuff, but we have a really small staff and a very tiny budget, so... I just kind of like to compare myself and be like, hey, at least I put my uh, panel video up at 16 by 9 and not 4 by 3. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And then after that, they had, and again, this is sort of TV and comics, but they they are introducing a new line of comics based around the Hanna-Barbera properties. Mm. And I really, really wanted to see what that was going to look like. I'm a Hanna-Barbera fan and a comics fan. And like, And they're doing one, now this brings it back to movies, which is Wacky Races, but in a post-apocalyptic Mad Max-like world. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And I was like, how are they going to do that? Uh, But it it looked, it was, and they were like, "Uh, this one's a little weird. And I'm like, okay, that (laughs) yes. Yeah. And uh, so as a Hanna-Barbera and a Mad Max fan, uh, I will certainly be checking that out. Um
0: now I went to the Rotten Tomatoes Your Opinion Sucks panel. And I think you were there too, right, Terrence? I think I got in just at the end.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Who was this was there a special guest or was it just the um, the Rotten Tomatoes team?
0: Well I can tell you that I was only really there because I wanted to guarantee that I was in the room for the next panel, (laughs) and that I might have kind of like dozed off a little bit while waiting for the next panel. Um, So I can't entirely tell you, but what I saw was kind of fun. Rotten Tomatoes is no
2: longer part of Warner Brothers. Is that true? Yes. uh, They well, we they went over to Fandango, and Fandango is now Warner Brothers has a minority interest in it, but they have a uh, they were part of Digital when I was part of Digital. They have a very Interesting operation over there, like, uh, and they have a lot of uh, editorial integrity. But this, the, this panel is a big deal for them, and they do it like at every festival. And, and the people who are Rotten Tomatoes fans, uh, they really, really like it. And I've seen some good guests and stuff. But uh, if you are like yourselves, uh, more uh, advanced thinkers of films. <laughs> uh, It's because the panel is always called "Your Opinion Sucks,"
1: yeah, right. right. And
2: uh, it's sort of fun to watch what people's opinions are. Yeah, Yeah,
1: did they move from Warner Brothers because of the Batman vs Superman reviews?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They, it was uh, a long-standing deal to align with Fandango, gotcha, uh, Um, which is more of a general yeah uh, brand. But
0: this is kind of what I was talking about with the geek movies in nineteen eighty-six thing. Like, you're not. You're not going to get people giving dissertations on these movies. It's it's a very reductive sort of, uh, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down type of approach. And you can have fun with that. Yes. Yes. As long as it is, as long as you're in the con mentality and ready to have fun, it's a good time. It's fun
2: to see the people come up and like, because they're like, well, why do you think this? And so it's like, it's almost like review karaoke (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, you know, yeah. like and so when I view it like that, it's kind of fun because it's like, you know, it's like an it's an, an I don't know if they describe it this way, but it's like an Internet comment board come to life.
1: Yeah, I think would, more fun than they, that sounds. Actually. They, hand out, they hand it out like, paddles. oh, yeah. Uh, here, yeah
2: let the let pad, go. Oh, you got one of the paddles? Yeah, See, <laughs> but, but what, I, what I admire about this panel is it's very uh, it's a very portable idea. And they can repeat it like yeah. uh, ad infinitum, and in the and the people who are uh, fans of it, like they come every time, you know, and they all know. I don't know if you mm-hmm. notice this, but everybody who goes, yeah, you got it. It's rotten on one side, rotten on and one side, fresh on the other, fresh on the other. Uh, when, when one year at Comic Con we we had uh, Leonard Malton, uh-huh. uh huh, and Leonard Malton, Leonard Malton loves the Rotten Tomatoes panel. <laughs> He like he just lights up. So he's uh, if he's a guest on that, that's kind of fun to watch. Okay.
0: Um, was there anything else for Friday? Um, I don't know. uh, I guess we can move on. Our guest or guest host has has stepped away from the mic for
2: a minute here. Friday, Friday again was uh, fun for me because uh, that was my day off. Right. You were working. Well, I worked after. Uh, I had to put stuff after, but I I didn't have any panels or anything to do, so I got to attend the con, and I I, lo- I just I just loves it. Well, moving on. Speaking of uh, your
0: working, moving on to Saturday, uh, you uh, were working first thing Saturday morning,
2: um, right? We, yes, uh, at ten a.m. sharp. We we had a uh, salute, a, a retirement party for Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet, and it is. Uh, the 60th anniversary of that fine science fiction classic and we were able to get uh, the director Joe Dante out there and Fred Barton who uh, makes uh, replica robots for museums and stuff and we have one of his robots in our office and so that was kind of gave the uh, gem uh, the the nugget of the idea and what's cool is that you can speak through it and so I've hooked my iPhone up to it and wait for people to come by. And then from, my, from like the landline, I'm like, Robbie is judging you. And <laughs> people are like,
0: how'd you do that?
2: Uh, so we had Robbie give a retirement speech. We had uh, video clips. I mean, Forbidden Planet, if, uh, if you're interested in science fiction and you haven't seen it, uh, it's such a fun one to revisit because it has everything... Uh, that science fiction has become like, this is like the first time you see it, because it's about, it's like the first time that we are the aliens going to another world. It's like, it's kind of like, I mean, when you watch it, frankly, it's a lot like Star Trek. Uh, Because it's like a military police and they're going, and they're like checking in on a colony and this guy has been there for a long time by himself. He's like, please don't land on this planet, hence (laughs) forbidden. (laughs) Yes, And he has this alien technology and he's built this awesome robot. And the Tempest from Shakespeare happens, yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. And Joe Dante is a fantastic guest; he is very well spoken about like the history of films. And so, where you were saying uh, there are no dissertations, we certainly put on a um, an uncredited college course uh, work <laughs> on the film in the history of Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet and his slide down to Charmin commercials.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Warner Archive <laughs> okay, might be the exception to to what I was saying before because well, we'll get to Sunday when we get to Sunday but maybe the 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 Hong Kong movies of the 90s was maybe my favorite panel that I saw oh thank you uh, the whole the whole convention but we'll let's stick okay, a pin yeah. in that um, that was 10am
2: folks if you're keeping track Oof, yeah 10am Saturday morning um, there was a big crowd by 11 like you know because people are getting yeah. their badges and stuff Saturday was the big day I, yeah I, I did find
0: that having like not being at a hotel next door I didn't get to the convention as early as I do for a Oh Yeah,
1: no, definitely not. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, so, but Saturday was the first day of big, um, movie stuff in the Microsoft theater in the big room. I was only there for, I was there for a little bit of it actually. Um, starting with the, uh, new line Warner brothers picture presents double, uh, commercial essentially. Yes. Um, were you in there for that? I was, so the, uh, it was The Conjuring and Lights Out. The yes. Conjuring 2 and Lights Out.
1: Uh, uh, I think James Wan, this is like, these are his people. And like, yeah. <laughs> this is his favorite convention. Um, because how, look, how is the crowd there? Uh, it's different not being in like an arena, an arena like in, in Anaheim. But, I mean, the crowd was still, you know, geeked to see him. Yeah, because yeah. you
2: guys just said this and I go, oh, I didn't even know that was going on because it's like, the Staples Center is between the... I just never walked over to yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, it was... A, I, I, James Wan always puts on a good panel. Oh, that's great. He always has some really, really scary footage.
0: Yeah, but they didn't really... I mean, all we saw were a couple of trailers. A yeah. Trailer. A tra- I mean, there
1: are trailers... There already were trailers for
0: The Conjuring 2. I think we saw a new one, yes. right? And then I think we saw the first trailer for Lights mm-hmm. Out. And that's it. I kind of wanted Like, even when... Yeah. A few years ago, when James Wan brought the first The Conjuring to WonderCon, yeah. he showed a clip.
1: You know, yeah, I definitely wanted more. Yeah, and I was hoping that the cast of The Conjuring would be with him. Uh, yeah, which they were not. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. Uh, um, but the cast of Lights—I mean, it was fun hearing Maria Bello basically, maybe sort of partially giving away a key point in the movie. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't know how much of that was a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, one, so yeah, I was
1: like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> but. uh yeah, this is... The, I make this point every time I talk about Comic-Con and, and, and one account, too, with the movie panels. And it's why I don't go to as many of them as I used to. You used to be able... used used to see scenes. They would show you right. a scene in advance. Yeah. Now they're cutting together a special trailer or an extended trailer or whatever. Yeah. And it's like... It's no different than, than watching... When, it's, when it shows up on online an hour later, it's no different. You're not seeing anything special. Like, I remember... Um, uh, As recently as The First Conjuring, first off, he brought Lorraine Warren, the actual Lorraine Warren, that year, um, who I don't know if you know, Matt, that uh, the Conjuring movies are based on the journals or memoirs of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were a married uh, American uh, ghost hunting Uh team. They're the people who uh, showed up at the Amityville house who did Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems like, I guess, for... I guess Warner Brothers has the rights to their... Life, Story. their stories right. minus Amityville. I think it's clear yeah. that right. like someone else, because there's a book of Amityville. Someone else has those
2: rights, those rights. So they're doing all the not Amityville ones. That's well. When I was a kid, Amityville horror was a big, big movie that yeah. I was not allowed to see. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then what, when you finally saw it, were you a bit let down because it's not actually that great? Yeah,
2: you know, like it was a cable classic. Yeah. Right? It's and we didn't have cable, so it made, like, in my life, there's, like, this certain cache of, like, 80s movies, which I, was ne- I wasn't allowed to see, or I had to, like, sneak in, yeah. <laughs> and so they're, like, super special, or I had to arrange for sleepovers at, like, a certain <laughs> time, and uh, that's one of them, and so just the fact that when I finally got to see it, I, I was, like, so proud of myself for not being 16. And uh-huh. seeing it, yeah. that, uh, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as freaky. But also, when this is totally because, uh, as you're saying, like I love when they would show you, you know, like reward you by going to a trailer by showing you something yeah. uh, that nobody else could see and work in progress. But the internet and people they're so worried about people filming now yeah. that like they the marketing is a little more towards the people who are not at the convention rather than build up the word of mouth from the people at the convention. It's like, Hey, you weren't at the convention, but two hours ago people saw this. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it kind of takes away from that specialness, but at the same time everybody's like, so you know, there's, there's a balance that needs to be struck. And, uh, but special things, special footage that, that, Rewards the people who are going out there and like waiting in line. Yeah, yeah, you know, like because that's
1: yeah. having to go through metal detectors. I remember, yeah, the ex-
2: yeah. yeah. The example <laughs> I was using, well, I guess, uh,
0: back in 2010, now six years ago, in San Diego, Steven Soderbergh brought *Haywire* Ooh. and showed the entire Gina Carano, Michael Fassbender fight scene, like that entire yeah, hand-to-hand cool. scene. Like that's wow. what he showed, yeah. and that's so awesome. It got me so excited for the movie. Right. It's something to talk about. It's something that only I had seen. Then for months but, until it came out. Would, yeah. You're
2: going to be the source of, of like, word of mouth. You yeah, know, Word of mouth is actually still valuable. You know, like, with me, with like, let's say as a kid with Amityville Horror, I would hear the entire movie but told through the mind of, like, an, like a seven-year-old. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So when you finally see it, like, I had a mental image in my head with no pictures or, like, a- anything <laughs> that I had, but I knew the plot. But that's okay because it was still exciting, you know. So it's like if you de- are describing, like if you don't have that footage, you are like, then there's this fight, and it's like it's like haywire, yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. that's kind of valuable, but it. But again, now with phones, everybody's got a camera. Everybody has a you know, everybody has a publishing machine. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's hard. Well, I find that really interesting because he they asked him on James Wan on that panel, sort of like. Why? What was? What? How was your film so successful? The first one, and he was like, "Oh, well, we connected to the characters." And I think part of it was because of the buzz out of WonderCon because we saw that scene with like that his incredible sort of camera movement where we like take the POV of the main girl and we like rotate under the bed and it's like this it was this really scary atmospheric scene and a lot of people got really excited for the movie from that. Um And then it premiered at LA Film Festival and right. and sort of got the ball rolling. So I do think that like one, all the various cons are really good for that. But yeah, I was kind of bummed out. I was shocked that we didn't get to see the lights out short that he made. I guess
0: they're assuming people have seen
1: it. I actually have never
0: watched it, but
1: uh, are you going to watch it now?
0: I I do plan to watch it because the, uh, that trailer was pretty good. Um, and I like, I'm a, I'm a huge Maria Bello fan. So I liked, uh, that she was there. Um, and I also love this director who is a guy who he and his wife just like made these movies at home. Yeah. And so now he's. Uh, I've never right. seen a director. <laughs> not, he didn't have to fake his lack of pretension, right? Like you know, like normally yeah. these panels, yeah, the director yeah, has yeah. to like pretend to be like, oh, I love the fans. I'm a nerd like you guys, or whatever. He really was just. He was kind of almost as like awestruck by the convention as yeah.
2: anyone else was. And that's why you bring people out like that right. because uh, when you're live, even if it's like a giant room and it's on a vi- even if it's on a video screen. You, you do. You can connect to the creators, and that's what's. I mean, that's the special reason. Even go out, you know, like to a ballroom twenty or or a hall H, you know, like because when the audience connection works, it it really works. Because a lot of these people don't. They don't get in front of crowds, right? When, when are you going to get in front of a crowd of like? A few thousand people as a as a filmmaker, like in an arena of people excited for you to be there. That's a very rare opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love that he deferred a lot to his wife. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) on the panel that was pretty great because she's in the movie as well.
0: Yeah, she's in the. I always find whenever in most trailers, especially horror trailers, like whatever's at the very beginning is the best part because <laughs> it's before you've gotten any sense of the story. Yeah. It's usually a longer clip than what it makes up the rest of the trailer. And it actually is creepy. And so the lights out trailer starts with a woman who works apparently, it looks like a garment factory or something yeah, like that. So. And she's like closing up for the night and she turns off the light. And when she turns off the light, she sees a figure standing in the doorway. Oh, that's great. And then when she turns on the light again, it's not there and she yeah. turns off. It's very creepy.
2: Right. But it's so simple, but yeah. you guys just convinced me to check it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did you guys do on Saturday in the afternoon?
1: Um, I, was, I saw, like, I think I did another TV panel, but Saturday was the day where I got to see one of my favorite authors, favorite new authors. Uh-huh. She did, like, an hour-long com- Her name is V.E. Schwab. Uh, she did, like, an hour-long conversation, of which, like, 20 minutes was sort of her talking with the guy and the last 40 were for audience questions. Um, and that's what I really like about WonderCon. Um, the smaller panels where you can get really sort of up close yeah. and personal with people. We were in like this gigantic room. It was like 30 of us in the crowd in a room <laughs> that seats like 500 people. Uh, but yeah, that was really great. So I took I took some time on Saturday to do stuff like that.
2: What about you? Uh, I got to see the uh, documentary for uh, Iron Giant. Oh, well, let's put
0: a pin in that because I want to say... That's actually something I like about WonderCon, um, is what I'm about to say. You actually get to watch a movie sometimes. Including, I watched before I watched the uh, Giant Stream. I watched uh-huh. the new um, DC animated movie um, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Oh yeah, you saw that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you watch any? Have you seen any of those DC animated?
2: Oh yes, movies? I do. I, I haven't gotten to see this one yet, um, but um, these are a big deal at the workplace. Okay. Uh, and. I uh, the people who put these together, you know, like uh, the, my I I actually I just think they're uh, a, sort of a hidden gem uh-huh. uh, because they're direct they're solely direct video releases, yeah. marketed towards fans. And I think you know, and they're they're all they all are made for fans, and they you know some are better than others, uh, but some of them are so good. I wish that people who weren't like DC fans got a chance. I like some of these movies are like almost like theatrical quality to me. Yeah. And I'm always like, and I've only knew that they were out. Uh, Dan, who my coworker, who's also on the Warner archive podcast makes fun of me. Cause I'm like, I never knew these things existed until I came here and like, you know, like, Hey, watch this. And I'm like, Whoa! Because I like, just I just never really heard about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah I first started hearing about them going to conventions and things right, like this. They yeah. show yeah,
2: them at conventions. Yeah. Um. What, and and on a good audience for them.
0: Yeah. Yes. Because you get you got stuff like, you know, um the the culture at large. Is a lot of people like to say that they're nerds now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be with the nerd pleats and say someone is or isn't a nerd. Right, right. Okay. But you know people. React well to you know uh, Batman, Superman, Wolverine, Deadpool is now joined to this uh, this crowd. But like this is the crowd that goes nuts when Blue
2: Beetle right. and Starfire yeah. Yeah, show yeah. up. Like, yeah, they're like woo! Yeah, they're um, like great. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's it, who it's for.
0: Yes, um, but it's it's also it's like it it it, it those these walk a line between being like they're not not for kids but they're also a little bit more grown like the action is a little bit more violent than uh, oh, yeah. you'd expect it's like some some of them are
2: like a hard PG-13 uh-huh and but it's because uh their aim is for uh, you know an adult fan or or a teenager i mean that's that's who it's that's who it's for that's what they're going after you know but that's also why they have a whole other line of stuff like Teen Titans Go or uh, you can even go younger with, like, DC, the new one with the girl superheroes. You know, it's, like, uh, the one, kind of one of the things that I like about the DC universe is that the characters and the situations are so malleable. Like, you can take, right... Robin, the character of Robin, and have him be like a ridiculous comedic character in Teen Titans go, and then you could have like Son of Batman, right. which they showed last year, I think, at WonderCon. Um or I think last year was Batman time. versus Robin. Batman versus Robin. Okay. Son of Batman
0: was before that. Yeah, and this yeah. is the Robin in Justice League versus Teen Titans is that same the uh right. Damian Wayne, yeah, and it is. That's and the other thing. These different. these have a
2: continuity. They have a continuity, yeah. but that's a very different Robin. But yeah. it's still recognizably Robin. Yeah, yeah. That's. A, but I I like that you can have multiple kinds of Batman's, Robins, and Supermans all existing at the same time. And although there are some fans who are like, Batman isn't silly. Like Batman Brave and the Bold is not the same as Batman who's the Dark Knight, or or right. you know, but. Right but I th- I just I like that yeah uh, but again what did, what did you think of it I mean I've heard this some was fun
0: I, no this this one was fun I think um, my experience with these is limited I do think they're um, they tend to be pretty short and they also yep. tend to be pretty action heavy. Yeah. So plot and character wise they cram a lot into little like you know there'll be a scene that's like okay this is the scene where we're going to get all the character stuff and plot stuff and then there's going to be another 10 minute fight. Right. Um, and if you <laughs> I think if you get the rhythm right that that actually works and and I and I like that and I also like speaking of it being for a more maybe advanced level of of nerd they're not afraid to sideline batman for basically the whole back half of the movie he's not yeah. in it like the no, whole second half of the movie and because they they know that the fans the people who were watching this are going to be perfectly fine with uh seeing more of cyborg than than batman i
2: think they're trying to get more people familiar with some of the other sort of jail uh characters like cyborg because they're Planning on a cyborg movie. I don't
0: know how, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to hear your thoughts on a, on Cyborg.
1: I I would so much rather Martian Manhunter okay. be in the Justice League than him. But, yeah, th- they are trying to.
2: But, see, what's good, though, is that you have the proper reaction of, oh, I wish this other guy. Yeah. yeah. But what's good is that there are uh, so many people have worked on these characters over time mm-hmm. that you have. A favorite who's not Batman, you know what I mean? Or like, like these these other characters are so rich that they can be uh, put in and out. And and but until you know, sort of the audience at large, Cyborg's never really been in a big movie. Yeah, Uh, Steel has, but uh, most people (laughs) have forgotten that one. Available on Warner Archive, Um, but. Uh, it, it's but it's just interesting that, uh, you know, they uh, and, and Marvel's kind of doing the same thing like yeah. reaching into their library and pulling it out. Deadpool, uh, which I saw recently, I, I loved it. I didn't see the movie. Um, I, I loved it because I it. Yeah. it was uh, tonally different. It just showed that you don't have to have a, a big superhero movie yet, you can use one of the characters. I mean, this is what. DC Animation is also doing it's like, it's sort of these whirls and eddies in the side.
0: Can we? uh, This is something I've talked about on Battleship Retention before. Do you think we'll get to a point where there, where, people accept superhero movies so much that we can have superhero movies that aren't really action movies? Like, can we have superhero dramas or superhero like
1: teen romances? Like, like the comic books have. Well, that's you know, if Young Justice ever gets turned into. Um, a movie series which it should that's why I'm very interested to hear about the the Teen Titans because I'm very familiar with Young Justice but not so much the Teen Titans sort of saga and I like that they're able to mix them but yeah you could do that but most I mean that happens on TV more so but I think eventually they'll get to a point where you could have like a superhero drama it just can't be with like like if you're going to like a Batman movie they're going to want him to fight right? Know? Right. Uh, although not kill people apparently Um <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I love the uh, I mean, everybody loves a good fight, but I love when they stretch it and not fight or choose not to fight. These are very powerful people with colorful personalities. And so you put a few of them in a room and uh, you can give them any problem and they will come at it in a way that's. Uh, you know, if you can do it unique to the character, it's fun. Like a comedy, a romantic comedy with superheroes. Yeah. What do you do? You know, like yeah, th- that'd be fun, right? Because it's like, because and again, like you know, uh, great power <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. So, do you uh, spy on the the woman you're trying to get by seeing <laughs> through the wall? Right? Like, yeah. is that
0: going over the line? Well, I mean, we've already got. Uh you know, source material in the X-Men, because I think Mm -hmm. about 70% of all X-Men comedy or comic books are turgid chamber dramas about characters presenting (laughs) one another and getting into arguments. Yeah.
2: I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's, but almost to a point sometimes, uh, but, and I've, I've said this before sometimes, and, and nobody can process that. I really like this. Sometimes I love the non-musical parts of musicals. Uh, huh. (laughs) <laughs> like people are like, wait, wait, why are you watching the musical? Uh, well, they're just singing now. I'm not really interested in that part, but I love when they don't sing. Um, I know that makes it odd, but I really like that tension because you know that they all want to sing and they got to get to that point. And it's like, but it's okay. more comic booky okay. tangent. Okay. Yeah. Something. Sorry. This is a,
0: this is a, no, I'm going to go on a further tangent. I'm <laughs> oh, saying, good. cause this is something <laughs> I've uh, discussed with a, a friend of mine. Um, musicals like Once or Cabaret, mm-hmm. where all of the singing is explainable within the world. Do Di- you thi-
2: diegetic versus non-diegetic right, music. Right.
1: Do you think of those as musicals in the same way you would uh, sing in the a, rain or whatever? A, a hard and fast rule when it comes to musicals. At least one number has to be set outside of a performative setting. So something like Once can work. Um, Cabaret works because you get Tomorrow Belongs to Me. Um, in okay. the field uh, something like Dream Girls where she's like and I'm telling you I'm not going like even though it's on a stage like it's outside of like okay. a performance but if it's just all numbers on a the stage then okay. I wouldn't consider it a musical so like okay. I, I, Jersey I, Boys is a drama oh, with music
0: I think <laughs> of them all uh, if they have songs in them they're yeah. musical I'm not that hard and fast but um, that cabaret number still it's not outside of reality yeah it still it's just, is yeah, it's like it's actually well. happening in the reality mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, anyway, uh, Cabaret is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> by the way, uh, is it
1: better than The Godfather? Would you give it Best Picture of The Godfather? Uh, I would personally. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah, prefer Cabaret to The Godfather. Um, B- I mean, barely, but yeah, I would as well.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. If you if you, like handed me two Blu-rays, say "What do you want to watch today? The Godfather or Cabaret?" I'm going to say six days out of the week, I'm going to pick Cabaret. Cool. All right. Um, anything else in the <laughs> afternoon, or should we get into the Iron Giant thing? Did you uh, see anything
1: else? Uh, no, although I'm dying to hear about Iron Giant because I just couldn't make that one.
2: Just very quickly, right before Iron Giant was a wonderful uh, cartoon voices panel. Okay. Those are uh, always fun. And it was great, and they do this, uh, they do like a little script, and they all kind of improv off of it. Super entertaining. Uh, I recommend that if anybody ever goes to a convention. Because, uh, Voice actors, and this kind of gets into it. Uh, c- comic book conventions are one of the few places where you can see and people celebrate voice actors. Right, they're very uh, they're a very talented group of people, uh, and uh, they're just really in their element here, and they get to show off, and people love it. And it's a theater of the mind, and and that makes it <laughs> yeah. that makes it yeah. a lot of fun. And so that and that was right before Iron Giant, one of. 1999's finest moments in animation one of <laughs> uh i it, well I, I think it's probably mm, well it, it, I, what's it up against there toy, no, toy story tar, 2 tarzan oh yeah. <laughs>
1: no.
2: oh in real life and like everything in no, the in 90s? terms of uh,
0: animated movies of 1999 tarzan toy oh, story no, 2 it's,
2: it's the uh, it's was Toy Story 2 1999? Yes, it was. It was. Well, that's still, that's still another like Iron Giant. One. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but I, I I, mean, Toy Story 2 is really good, but uh, Iron Giant is one that I will come back to. Me too. Me too. And it does, it did feel like now I feel like
0: the Iron Giant has found its or increasingly is finding its place. But yes. for a time there, because as this documentary, The Giant's Dream gets into, it was such a disaster uh, from a box office standpoint. It felt like a gem that I would discovered, like the fact that I mm-hmm. saw it and then bought like the DVD when it came out, like was something that I was like eager to show to people. And I guess there's been enough people like me that it's found uh, found its audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have a hilarious story about the Iron Giant, because when I saw it, it was playing right next to a theater that was showing the Blair Witch Project.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and So young, there's a young me walked you know went to the bathroom and came back and actually walked into the middle of the Blair Witch Project and I was like oh these theaters aren't similar because they it was one of those marquees where it was like right in the middle right of and it had both times on it but yeah no I'm glad that that movie even though I think Toy Story 2 is better uh (laughs) glad that a movie like that is sort of having a revival um probably due to the success of Brad Bird you know live action wise right uh but it's great to see that
0: uh so this documentary they showed the the full thing it's about an hour just under an hour mm-hmm. maybe um it's called The Giant Stream and it is I guess in the broadest sense of the term it's a making of documentary but it's it, it starts it goes all the way back to Brad Bird's childhood and mm-hmm. the first I'd say close to the uh, maybe the first 20 minutes are not really about The Iron Giant they're about Brad Bird and his mm-hmm. uh history of animation and his career history
2: up until he started The Iron Giant it uh, And this is just the, uh, the kind of rough cut of it. You know, it was completed like literally the night before. So I don't know if the version we saw is going to be the one that everybody else will see. So that's a special convention moment, as we were yes, talking yeah, about. that's true. And uh, I... Okay, and this is going to be, uh, it's been announced so far to be uh, an extra on like the Ultimate Collection Blu ray, which will be out in September. So they they still have some time. I think,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, But uh, so, you know, I'm kind of coming into it, I was like, oh, this will, you know, be like an extra idea. And that was, I think, a movie that could stand on its own. Like, it's a kind of fascinating documentary about Brad Bird. And the the problems that he had and and his crew, he was very generous with the crew. Had to overcome to get this out. The obstacles they had, the mistakes that the studio and the you know the crew made, uh, which kind of ultimately uh, led to this film uh, not succeeding to the extent commercially that was possible. Yeah, uh, and. It's it's hard for me to express like actually like because I I came back into work like I loved it (laughs) I mean I really really liked uh, that documentary so much I was like if anybody sees this documentary the first thing you're gonna want to do is watch the film yeah like it's almost like you can check and see if somebody has a heart if they watch this. Cause, <laughs> cause, and that might be why I'm thinking, like, no, nah, better than Toy Story 2. Because this uh, is, is just like, you know, the movie itself stands wonderfully, but this backstory is so almost parallel to the story. Yeah. Uh, that it, I mean, like, I don't know. This, this documentary, uh, when it comes out, I, I hope... Uh, not just, I mean, it's so beyond just like an extra that I hope other people get to see it. People who are interested in animation, people who are interested in filmmaking. I mean, it's such an inspiring story.
0: Yeah. That's something I think you were saying when we were talking after the panel, if they just put it up, put the giant stream up on Netflix as is, it could be a great marketing. Just like uh, the more people
2: that see this, the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a Q and A afterwards with Brad Bird and some other people who had worked on the movie. And one of the things you know, we were talking about the, it's it's an inspirational story. You got this movie made, uh, and it's you know sad that it didn't do well. Uh, to the point, a uh, little side thing: there's a there's a moment in the movie when we've gotten so wrapped up in the story of them making this beautiful movie, and then it finally cuts to the first TV spot that they that they cut, and it's so jarringly out of tone. <laughs> Yes. Uh, with th- not only the documentary watching, but what we know the Iron Giant to be—that is hilarious and also kind of infuriating.
2: They—it uh, was a marketing uh, puzzle that was not put together yeah. in the best possible light. Um, but
0: one thing the the the, the movie <laughs> gets into that I think we saw some of on um, the panel. Uh, was the idea that this relatively new uh Warner Brothers animation department Iron Giant was only the second movie this department uh made um essentially collected the outcasts from like Disney and Dreamworks and so you had sort of it was the idea of this like ragtag bunch of weirdos and misfits and uh you got the the panel the and Q&A afterwards was a lot of fun because you saw you saw some of that cool uh,
2: these guys were i mean it was uh is it it, you know it's like Rocky <laughs> like it was inspirational, right. yeah. and I mean, and this is just coming out of a very simple one hour documentary that uh just was unexpectedly for me unexpectedly moving yeah uh, and, yeah you know i I, uh, I can be effusive, but i i'm really uh th- this this was probably the thing at the whole convention that I saw that my expectations were. Well, I thought it would be good or whatever, but I, but they were exceeded. I was, I was definitely exceeded. The panel was fantastic. I mean, like it was, it was very entertaining. And this, this is the kind of thing that I like going to conventions for, and I feel lucky to have gotten to see that.
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, I do want to share one story, um, the second-hand story. One of the one of the uh, people on the panel told is not in the movie, but uh, one of these guys told the story about how he got fired from Disney, which <laughs> is that he was removed from any project he was working on, but still was technically working at Disney and had nothing to do. So he decided to just wear like a tuxedo to work and be the bathroom attendant. (laughs) And he just started standing in the men's room until, (laughs) (laughs) until an executive fired him for real. And that's how he, uh,
2: that's how he got away from Disney. And that's how he got on the Iron Giant. Yes. So that's the talent that was behind the film.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, let's move on to Sunday. Now I know Sunday was a big day for you, but two of the three panels are TV yeah. So we're going to. Uh, this is actually a crossover episode of Battleship Retention. We're going to talk about the TV stuff on Hey Watch This this week. The same same group of uh, of fellas here. So um, check out Hey Watch This if you want to hear about the TV stuff at WonderCon. What about uh, what did you guys do on Sunday,
2: non TV wise? Slept. <laughs> I did, you, did you come out on Sunday? I did not. Well, you know Sunday is the least popular day, uh, for but it was pretty packed on Sunday. But um, I like to call this Sunday the $18 day because the other days, the one-day passes were $30. Uh-huh. It was like, Sunday is the, you know, it, it was on Easter. So, yeah. 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 Uh, but they gave us, uh, and I'd never done this before, and I had to prepare and be on three panels in a row. Oof. Uh, so it was three hours, three hours and change, of, uh, but it wasn't all me. And... Right. Uh, but the last panel was on uh, Golden Harvest uh, films that uh, we've been releasing onto DVD. About We've got seven of them out so far. And these are Hong Kong. We're specializing, kind of zooming in on Hong Kong films from the 90s, which was a real interesting time in Hong Kong film history. And the, the films, which at the time among like cult cinema fans were very highly regarded... Uh, you know, like 15, 20 years later, they've kind of fallen off the radar and we're trying to uh, raise awareness of them again. And so we we did about an hour on sort of the history of Hong Kong filmmaking, its importance to uh, cinema history in general, its influences, and uh, what it was like to work on these films because it was it 's very they're very different there 's a different sensibility and a different working environment than films in the u s and China today. It was sort of this this kind of moment and uh but and when you see, even because we showed a lot of clips rather than trailers yeah yeah when you see these clips, they are uh, what's kind of interesting is th- if you had never seen them before, you'd be like, yeah, I've seen that before because they're so influential in mm-hmm. film that uh, the, the revolutionary nature of them is not as apparent until you realize, oh, they're doing this like Matrix style, like crazy uh, choreography, but like, you know, five years, six years yeah. before. And so, to an American audience, right, like 1999 rolls around and The Matrix comes out, people are like, what? Yeah. Right? Like, that was just so different than anything they'd seen. But if you were familiar with Hong Kong movies, you'd be like, well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. And and that's what we kind of talked about. Yeah, panel. and it was, it
0: was a great... Um, it, w- it was you and in, in DW. Yeah. And um, not, not Darkwing Duck. Um,
1: I was about to say and, Griffith.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we work uh, with and, uh, a guy, Jeff, who uh, he is a Hong Kong film fanatic from way back, and he used to even go to China. He worked... um you didn't say this at, at the panel, but he worked for Giant Robot at the time. Like oh, He would okay. write for Giant Robot, and he would go... I, I'd actually done this a few times myself, but not to the extent that Jeff did it, but he would go to Garfield, uh, the Garfield Theater, in Monterey Park, and actually see like the Hong Kong movies that they would like ship prints over here yeah. for the Chinese, uh, mostly Cantonese-speaking audience, and they'd have English subtitles, and yeah. they'd sell squid jerky and things like that, which was <laughs> awesome. Um, but they'd usually show a comedy and then an action film. And so uh, if you were lucky enough to go see these, you'd you know, it was so interesting. I saw one comedy in in that, and I tried to uh-huh. kind of talk about this on the panel, but like everybody would be laughing at these jokes, and I'd be like, "I don't know. <laughs> I'm reading the English, but it's like so over my head." And I, of course, am laughing when nobody's laughing. <laughs> uh, but I mean, so I just stuffed my mouth full of squid jerky. It was a dollar, uh, so I couldn't get enough of it. But but that's uh, been a lot of fun to. Uh, try to get more people familiar with these films. And so we tried to approach it in like an entertainingly academic way and why you should check these things out.
0: But the the panel, I mean, you say academic and it was. Um, this is the uh, exception to my rule about movie panels at conventions. Um, <laughs> but it was it, it was academic and you had experts without it ever getting dry because they yeah. were interesting people and you filled it with so many great clips.
2: Yeah, pulling clips is, is, is so much fun, especially when... You have material that, because we started by showing uh, Enter the Dragon, which a lot of people know, and then some Jackie Chan, and I purposely showed American, like, like I mean a clip, but also an American, a New Line trailer, because New Line tried to introduce Jackie Chan to an American audience, and mm-hmm. they were like, how do we do this? Well, they cut a lot of the movie down. <laughs> Oops. Um, and You know, they. I mean, Jackie Chan became a star, Mm -hmm. right? But it worked out. And then, uh, and then we moved on to these other films like The Blade from 1995, which is about a one-armed swordsman, and he has a uh, his his stump has a chain on it with a sword blade at the end that he whips around. Oh, jeez! It's like, and we showed part of the climactic battle. We showed this stick fight sequence. Which is got these uh, with Sammo Hung and pe- a pedicab driver, which is, uh, just like sort of a ballet with sticks and yeah. beatings. These
0: were the, those are you named the two, my two favorite clips right there. The pedicab driver stick fight. And the, the thing in the blade, which is that it's, it's that action movie thing of like, do they have to be fighting right next to all this wall of bamboo that they keep on cutting oh, yes. down? Like, does it have to be yes, there? Yes, they do.
2: <laughs> it does have to be there because you got to have bamboo sticks falling on everybody. <laughs> but, the, the fight continues on for another five minutes and it just, I mean, it, that, that's nuts. And then we tried to show some of the strange – genre. The, well, it's not strange, but these uh, ones that do not conventionally fit into American genres because uh, they're sort of all kind of mushed together. One is uh, Terracotta Warrior, which is like one hour of it is like a historic Chinese film about uh, the emperor, the first emperor's warrior who falls in love with the emperor's concubine. And then they punish her by burning her alive and making him into a terracotta warrior. Nineteen thirty. Now this is like halfway oh, into the film. Uh, her, uh, uh, she's reincarnated and she's filming something in mainland China. And she and the film crew stumble upon the what's now but not not, not famous nineteen thirty the terracotta warriors. And he suddenly comes like awake. And it's like a fish out of water comedy where he's fighting Chinese gangsters, uh, and and then it flashes forward to the present day. I mean that that, and so it's like a romance, like Crocodile Dundee. The
0: other thing that's novel about that one is that it stars
2: Zhang Uh Yimou, the the director. Yeah, and it's there's like there's so many layers to these films. It's hard to. it's hard to unpack them uh, without taking forever and ever. To, I mean, we, we took we talked about like maybe only about like four or five films in like an hour. Yeah, and we f- we filled it up. Uh, the other one I just want to mention really quick, which because it's it it's the one that kind of fascinates me the most out of the ones we showed is he's a woman, she's a man, which is like a Victor Victoria but with yeah. Chinese pop stars. And for the mid nineties, it's very progressive and weird because, um, it 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 takes it in a family film kind of way, takes the Victor Victoria concept about as far as you could go. <laughs> there
0: we go. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay.
2: Um, did anybody else uh,
0: have anything you wanted to uh, talk about before we uh, move over to Hey, watch this and talk about TV? No. No. All right. So Woo! you can find us at com. That's always where you can find the second, essentially the second uh, part, the addendum to this episode, which is, will be over on
1: Hey, watch this. Um, Terrence, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Lenoir Tour, L E N O I R A U T E U R. I'm on Twitter. Uh, my website is lenoirtour.com, and you can find me at awardcircuit.com.
2: And Matt? You can find me personally at M uh, R M A T T P A T T E R S O N on Twitter and Instagram, at Mr. Matt Patterson.
0: Okay. Uh, thanks, you guys, for being here. And listeners, if you want to hear more about WonderCon, uh, head over to Hey, Watch This. All right. Bye. Bye.